That's a, that's a loaded question. What are you afraid of? We can... I, on purpose, came in early today. If you ask the worship leader, if you ask the band, I was here before anybody else was here this morning. And I wanted to see just how, how in-depth I could see how scared of things you were. So underneath some of your chairs, there are snakes that I taped underneath. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Nobody, nobody leave, okay? Nobody leave. If I, if, if I have a snake that surprises me, not good for snake, okay? We're just going to end it there. Not good for snake. If I have a snake that I see and he is minding his own business, allowing me to mind mine, we do not have an issue. However, there's a certain member of my family. Uh, they do not go to church here, so please don't, you know, go up to my sister and try to, try to scare her with this because it's not going to work. It's not her. But there's another member of my family that if they knew, just knew, that there was a spider anywhere in the same room as them, they will lose their mind. You know, so, and I mean, it's to the point where it's not okay to even joke with them. I mean, like, it's terrified. But what are you, what are you afraid of? You know, I grew up, I grew up and, I, you know, I was scared of, of certain things. And maybe you've been, I tell you, one time, um, I'm not really scared of the dark, but one time I was with my uncle and we were bow hunting and we got about a half a mile from the truck and we were headed the absolute wrong direction in the middle of a woods. And I'm telling you right now, if you've ever been there, like I had to call my aunt to call the guy we were hunting on to go outside, start his car and honk the horn. And me and my uncle were standing right here and we're going, okay. And all of a sudden we hear, honk. This is not good. So we, it was, I was scared. I was scared. We have, we have daughters, and, they, and sometimes they watch VeggieTales. And if you've watched VeggieTales, God is bigger than the boogeyman and the monsters on TV. Okay, God is bigger than the boogeyman. He's bigger than Godzilla and the monsters on TV. God is bigger. See, and that, when we think, oh, that's such a childish way to think, I'm not scared of anything. My girls often come up to me. If you have children and you're a dad, or even if you're a mom, they may say this to you. I came up, and I did something for Lydia because there was a bug or something. We were camping. Heaven forbid, there's a bug. And it was like an ant. We're not talking about something that's going to carry her away. And she's like, Dad! And I took care of the ant, and we'll not discuss how I disposed of it. But anyway, I took care of it, and I, and, I, and I handled her fear. And she looks at me. Now, this is a childlike faith, okay? She's four years old. She looked at me. She goes, Dad, you're not scared of anything. And on the outside, I want to say, I will always take care of you. But on the inside, I know me and you know you, and there are certain things in this life that scare us to death. They scare us, but they don't only scare us, they hinder us. Throughout the month of August, we've been talking about what hinders us in doing what God wants us to do. And, and we've talked about stepping out of comfort zones. There's some people that are more scared of stepping out of their comfort zones than some people are of snakes. There's some people that, that say, oh, I could, I, could, I could never do that. I could never do that. But yet, you know, next week they may go up and jump out of an airplane with a parachute on. There, there's certain things that really, really get to us. And because God did not make us robots, they affect us in different ways. They affect us in different ways. 
So I'm going to give you an opportunity, and I'm going to make a little announcement before we get into this. But the title of the sermon today is, I want to follow God, but I'm scared. And I know some of you are bigger and badder than me, and you're sitting there and go, I'm not scared of anything. Okay. Be careful how you think your life is shaped by your thoughts. Be careful. Be careful. The Bible also says, be careful uh, if you think you're standing firm. Be careful that you don't fall. So a lot of times we say, oh, I'm good at this, I'm good at this. And then when it comes up to us, you know, I'm, I'm scared, I'm scared. So here's the announcement. Next week, it's time. Yeah. More than meets the eye. Transformers, anybody? Anybody like Transformers? Oh, my people. Okay, so next Sunday... You can do this before you come to church at 12.01 a.m. Wait, listen. You will cheat. Some of you some of you say, oh, I've looked at this book already. If you're a leader, you, unless you're a leader, you shouldn't have. And I told you not to. At 12.01 next Sunday morning, I give you full permission to fill out day one on the devotional. Day one. Day one. Day one. Day one. Do not go ahead. Day one. And some of you are like, ha, 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 he's not going to catch me. <laughs> Listen to me, be scared. <laughs> Remember a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, I talked to you about a couple that, that, that asked me, they said, do you bug our house? Be careful. I don't, okay, and we're not, that's just going to preface that, I don't. Next Sunday, we are starting the Transform Study, and I want to give you a little bit of information. Number one, next week, you're going to see in the worship handout, um, I'm going to put it in there, although we do not have connect groups next week because we have Labor Day. It's okay. You're still going to be going on your 50 days. Next Sunday starts the 50-day devotional in this. These books are still for sale. They're five bucks. We've got about 20-ish left. Uh, again, we sold 100. I ordered 30. And now we got 30, or we got about 20 left. So if you want one, go get one. If we need to order more, I will. But you're going to be a week behind. Okay, And I'll explain all of this, how we're going to do that next week. But in your connect groups, you're going to be a week behind. I'm going to preach a seven-sermon series through this book. And you're going to be in the daily devotionals in it. Some of the things that you're going to come across in your daily quiet time with God are going to scare you to death. Oh boy, I don't want to do this one. You can't skip the days that makes you scared. It's those days, and I'll share a personal story about this, but it's in those times where God, where you say, God, I'm just scared to the point of emotion, to the point of anger, to the point of I can't do this on my own. God, I don't know where my next quarter is going to come from. I have no idea where my next meal is going to come from. If you've ever been there, you understand and I'm in line with you because I've seen that. I've seen it. I've been scared. How am I going to take care of my girls? How am I going to provide for them? I've been scared. I understand that. But you have chosen to sit today at a church called Connection. Actually, the church is actually, if you look around and see all these people, that's the church. This is a building. Our church goes out. It exists outside of this building. That's what the church is. That's what the New Testament Acts 2 church is. You've set yourself in a situation this morning to learn from God's word. And I tell you all the time, this sermon can change your life. It's not being arrogant of me. It's because we're diving into God's word. Because it's error proof. All the things that he writes in here, he has people write in here, point to Jesus, and it's correct. We're going to see some of that today. Instead of five connect groups, 
You ready? Some people decided not to be scared. You ready? Some of these people I didn't even approach. Are you ready to hear this? Instead of five, we have nine. By, end of this, by the end of this study, God could move us to a point where we have 15. I'm okay with that. I want God to transform my life and your life. And let's see where he takes us. I see some people came up to me this morning and said, Matt, have you had an overabundance of coffee at your house? And I said, no, I'm so excited about what this can do because I've seen small clips in my life where God has chosen to transform me. But sometimes I got scared and I chickened out. That's what God is seeking to do. But my name's Matt and I'm the lead pastor here. If you if you are within earshot, if you're on, in, on the internet where we archive our sermons, if you're looking at us on video, you're all on video. Actually, it's coming towards me. And wherever you are, if you're in here, if you can hear me, if you're in the lobby, I want to pray for you right now because this is one of the hardest sermons you'll ever hear. It's hard. And we're going to ask God's Holy Spirit to come into this place. We've already asked Him. He's here. We're going to ask Him to speak to us. If you would, just bow your head. God, we thank You so much for this opportunity. God, to dive into this subject that is just so difficult to speak about. And we ask you, God, we ask you to speak to us through your Holy Spirit, to our minds and to our hearts. God, that we can put that action into our hands and our feet and our mouth. Wherever we go to work, wherever we play, whatever we do, God, may we honor you in what we do and how you want to change our life. And when you show us that way, may we be acceptable to accept it. God, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. So next Sunday, September 6th, you can do day one in your devotional. You can kind of scan through, see how we're going to do it. Um, But next Sunday, I'll give you some notes. There's a place for some sermon notes. And then you can begin the daily daily, uh, transform series devotional for yourself. But I told you that we've talked about through August the things that get in our way. And we've talked about things like this. Who or what you listen to can affect the way and they can hinder you on going to do what God wants you to do. You listen to the wrong thing, you're going to do the wrong thing. You listen to the right thing, sometimes you do the right thing, sometimes you still fail. But what you listen to and who you listen to. We can get stuck with this. Maybe maybe God wants us to do something and that rock in the middle of the road is God, I just don't have time. <laughs> and I talked to you and I broke down a week. And I showed you that if, even if you work 60 hours a week and you slept 8 hours a night, which none of us do, I don't think. Not every night anyway. You're left with 50 hours of free time in a week. And all we do is say, I don't have time. And I challenged you and I got really sharp with you. And I said, do you have time to do the things that you want to do? And the answer is yes. Do you have time to do the things that God wants you to? And sometimes that requires sacrifice. And we don't like that word. That can be a hindrance. Last week we studied this one. I just, I know where I'm going, but it seems like I'm just waiting. I sat in the hospital on Friday almost all day with these instructions. You ready? Just hurry up and wait. I couldn't do anything. I could not do anything for the person that I was visiting. I couldn't do anything. I do not have a degree in medicine. I am not a doctor. And the only thing that I could do was wait. And as I waited, I just did homework. (laughs) I was just doing homework. 
And when the doctor, I would, I would have been gladly interrupted with my homework if the doctor had come in, but I just kept waiting and waiting, and I just kept getting more and more homework done. And it was a blessing. But I waited, and I do not like wait. Does anybody like waiting? You may wake up and say, man, man, I, I want to just, I want to wait for at least a year on you to do something, God. No, we want to say, we live in a digital era of absolute instant everything. I shared with you last week, if you're new, if you're new, if you're visiting, I'm just trying to catch you up to speed. We live in a world right now in North America, you can go to a funeral home and you can go through a drive-through and you can go through a drive-through visitation. This is how instant we are and non-relational we're becoming. And that in itself should be scary to you. Being scared. We want to follow God, but I'm scared. Being scared because of a couple things. Number one, we don't know where or what or how God is going to work. You ever been there? Okay. I've prayed about this situation and I don't know... I don't know how it's gonna. I don't know how it's gonna get taken care of. And I made my own equation. Never claimed to be a math scholar. Took precalculus. Took trigonometry. I'm not a math scholar. But here's the deal. Many of you are far more intelligent in math than I am. But here's an equation that I made at my house. You ready? I think you can take a lot of the fear out of this equation if you do this. If you subtract yourself and you add God. Well, that seems pretty simple. I don't have to have a, be a math scholar to do it. It's simple, but try it. It's hard. Take yourself out of the equation. But I said this, the equation would be healthier if we listen to God. Remember, you are what you listen to. You make time for God, and you worship Him while you wait. These, these sound familiar? <laughs> we worship while we wait. Listen, again, this morning. I'm sure Jack, Jack and the rest of the band would tell, me, tell you the same thing. I wish we could mic you because this morning it was, wow, Holy Spirit, have your way with us. Listen, this is, you're singing unbelievable words. If the, all of those words that we sang this morning would come into your life, there would be a little bit of fear that come over your life because the, the Holy Spirit wants to make His whole presence known in you. And when He makes His whole presence new in you, some of you has to go. What room is there for fear if I have love? Off the video. We're going to be in the book of Matthew today. So if you want to turn to the first book in the New Testament, we're going to be in the book of Matthew. It happens to be my favorite. Because that's my name. So, we're, <laughs> you guys need to be awake, okay? Maybe I've had more coffee than you, but you need to wake up. We're going to be in the book of Matthew for the majority of today's sermon. You can flip there. We're going to be there in just a second. We're going to cover a couple things else before we get there. If you have your yellow worship handout, I want to call attention to something. If you open the, open the, the first flap, you'll see this. And a lot of you that are connection-ite people, your, your, your connection people, you will say, oh no, we can't do this. One through five, don't have blanks. <sighs> it's okay. It's called change. Speaking of change, I need four or five men that know how to run screw guns, put things together, very simple construction to come and talk to me after church this morning. That's all I need to say about that. It's going to be a surprise, okay? Just come and see me after church. But if you know how to do that, if you know how to work with a screw gun and put things together and build things, come and talk to me after church. We're going to change something. But on here, we're going to be in one, numbers one through five in just a second. You can just fill off 
You can fill that out on your, on your, on your, when we go through it. Does any, I've talked with some of you. Some of, some of you really like history, like I do. I like American history. I like world history. I'm studying, I, I talked with Jack this week, and he said, what have you been doing this week? I said, I've been living in 64 A.D. Really, in seminary. I'm t- studying early Christian church. We're studying about Acts chapter 2 and a whole bunch of other things. It's really, 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 really awesome. By the way, did you know that fear existed in Acts chapter 2? <laughs> Big time. The fear of life. The fear of living. Were they going to get to? That was their question. But I was reminded of a story. And this is an American story. We had a settler that, w- that was coming from the east, and he, w- and he was going west. And everybody knows, if you go to see a Cardinals game or you go to Missouri, you go across a giant piece of water known as the Mississippi River. I lived on it. If you want to talk about confusing, I lived on South Carolina Street by the Mississippi River in Louisiana, Missouri, for real. Do you know how difficult mail is? Really, it's 819 South Carolina Street, Louisiana, Missouri, by the Mississippi River. I grew up on the river, and by Louisiana, Missouri, it's over a half a mile wide. It's just south of Hannibal. It's huge. It's big. It's fast. It's strong. And it's powerful. Now think about it without dams. Think about it without... This is early, 1800s. This guy's going out. And he comes to the Mississippi River. He was headed to the wide open prairies of Kansas. And he gets to the Mississippi River at wintertime. And the mighty river was covered with ice. There was no bridge. But he was absolutely desperate to get to the other side He was catching a little glimpse of of good winter weather to get across and maybe he could get a shelter before the really bad stuff happened. And finally, after much thought, he slowly crept out onto the ice. He was creeping very slowly. He was spreading his and distributing his weight as wide as he could, laying flat on his stomach and inching and crawling his way. And he got about halfway across the river. And the man was paying so close attention, he could hear his heartbeat in, his, in everything. he just feel it. And behind him, he heard singing. And he kind of tilted his head over to see a man with a horse-drawn sleigh full of coal driving right past him across the ice. And I say that to tell you this. Sometimes our walk with Christ is the same way. All we want to do is creep. We're too scared to run. We're too scared to get in that, that wagon and get... Shoom. Sometimes we just creep. Sometimes it scares us. The man was on his hands and knees, trembling in fear, not knowing that the ice would hold him up. And there passing him was the man, the horses, the wagon, and the load of coal. Should he worry about the ice anymore? No. But sometimes doesn't it take one of those aha moments in your walk with God for somebody to come by you and say, hey, uh, the ice is good, bro, let's go. Sometimes we don't want to hear that because that means we have to go on. If you have your worship handout, I want you to flip to that middle section and, and look at this. It says, too often we creep over so slowly in our relationship with God Number one is cautiously. 
Number one is cautiously. I'm going to give you these words. They're not going to be up here. We don't want to take too much of a chance, do we? Listen, I, I am not going to stand up here and speak down. Imagine that I'm just down here, but if I was down here, not everybody could see me, okay? I'm on the same, if not lower, than some of you. I approach my relationship with God in the past very cautiously. The only way that I would go forward is if I knew somebody that was already there. You ever been blindfolded and trusted like your best friend to say, hey, take one step forward? And I know some of you. I would, I would, be, I would blindfold myself and some of you smart aleck people out there, and you know who you are, sarcasm. I would have my, thing, my, my eyes blindfolded and you'd say, hey, take two giant steps forward as fast as you can. And you'd, I'd do this and I'd get right here and you wish wouldn't say it. word. say, this is going to be funny. YouTube this. <laughs> See, some of us, some of us are, some, but some of us would do this. You say, take two giant steps. Maybe you're in the middle of a field or a yard, and people are blindfolded, and they say, take two giant steps, and you go. You know how you have to walk through your house at night, and you kind of have to lead with your shin? If you don't know if you have children and kids, and they left toys, and Legos are of the devil, okay? <laughs> Almost as bad as hitting your shin on the resitch of a truck. Almost. Oh, pretty close. But we go cautiously. We don't want to take too much of a chance. Number two, this is how we do it. We go timidly. God, God did not create you with a spirit of timidity, by the way. That's in the Bible. He did not create you with a spirit of timidity. This is what it means for us. We're not sure that God's way will work, are we? We haven't convinced ourselves. We're going we're to look at a guy pretty, pretty soon in Scripture and... and this has got to go through his mind. Look at number three, trembling. We face something that appears too big for us. You know what I'm talking about. If you've if you followed God or watched someone follow God in their life, they would come up to something. Maybe it's a sickness. Maybe it's a sickness. Number number, number three. Maybe it's a sickness, and you're and I was in the hospital and I wasn't and I was waiting and I was just I was waiting and I could either do one of two things I could sit there and worry or I could entrust that God and his ultimate wisdom will take care of this even if it's not the way that I see it should go this is the scary part it's giving up the control and letting God take over we're trembling we're scared what we face appears too big for us. There's a song. Everything, I, everything that we do around our house usually involves music. I was playing my guitar. I, was just, I picked it up, make sure it was in tune before I brought it this morning. And I picked it up and I played, Higher than the mountains that I face. See, God is high. See, we just sing those and be like, Oh, yeah, 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 you are, you are. Until you step up next to a mountain and you say, Holy cow, this is not a stream this is not a hill. This is not an incline. This is not a slope. This is not the bunny slope at Paoli Peaks. This is a double black diamond at Lake Tahoe. Okay, this is, this is unbelievable. I don't know how I'm going to get over that. Here's the clue. Ready? You can't get over it by yourself. You can't. You have to entrust. So we're timid. We say, oh. Look at four. We're uncertain. We're uncertain when we venture forth in life. We don't know. We don't know. And so we creep. We creep slow enough that we know every little step. Jesus warns the disciples all kinds of times in the New Testament. He says, blessed are you because you believe without seeing. 
You just believed it was going to happen. You just saw that it was going to happen. I've seen things work in people's lives. I've seen things work in people's churches, in our church, in the church that I've been involved with in my life. I've seen God move when people are uncertain, yet they have the faith to say, we trust you, and we're going to do what you want us to do. I have also seen the exact opposite of that. I've seen this. We know that we're supposed to go there, and it's going to take a lot of faith to get there. So we're just going to sit here in our little confined space, and we're going to be cautious, we're going to be timid, we're going to tremble because we don't know what you're going to do to us. We're going to be uncertain, and we're going to be undecided. God's not looking for this. God's looking for you to trust. And when we're undecided, because we don't understand that God can make a difference. We just don't know. I don't know. Maybe it'll work out how I like. Maybe it won't. Because we don't like this. God's word says this. If you do something wrong, the Bible says that's sin. And God says that sin has consequences. Now, we don't like that. We don't like that. We drive 45 miles an hour by the, by the, uh, the cemetery downtown by the Presbyterian church, and, some, and we get pulled over. And this is what some of us do. We sit in our car. What'd you pull me over for? You're speeding. Somebody, came, somebody comes up to me at school, whenever I taught school last year, and this, this girl comes up to me, she goes, Mr. Griswold, I got a ticket from a guy that you know. <laughs> and it wasn't my brother-in-law. <laughs> I said, how do you know that I know him? She said, because he said, whenever you get to school, go tell your PE teacher. I said, Hi. She goes, how do you know him? I said, he's been my best friend since I was six years old, and he was the best man in my wedding. Oh. She goes, but he gave me a ticket, and he knew you. See, she's looking for this, out, this get out of jail thing. He said, but he knew you, and he still gave me a ticket. I said, what are you speeding? She goes, I was going 68 and a 55. Duh. <laughs> if you watch Liar, you Liar, Liar, and Jim Carrey is in the gym... Jim Carrey, is, he's, a, he's a client, and his client, or is he a lawyer, and the client calls him, and I'm not going to tell you everything that he says, but he says, but what's my problem? He says, stop breaking the law. <laughs> Duh. But we don't like that, because when we break the law and we sin, there's consequences. We don't like it. I want to do what I want to do. Too often in life, the word entitlement has crept up in the generations like now that has never been before if you don't believe me we can talk about this after church okay but i think that you've probably seen this entitlement just like that girl come to me and she said mr griswold i didn't deserve a ticket what kind of rationale says i'm driving 68 and a 55 and i get caught doing it and i i shouldn't get a ticket how does that make sense See, it doesn't you should we don't like that we don't like that Look on the screen. We're going to read a couple verses of Scripture in James, and we're going to jump over into Matthew. But look at this. James 1, 5. Look at this on the screen. There we go. If you need wisdom, ask. If you don't hear anything else out of my mouth this morning, when you're faced with these difficulties, please, please, please do this. Ask. Ever heard anybody in the Bible say, you have not because you ask not? Oh, hmm. 
Well, God, I don't have the courage. I don't have the courage to face this thing. This, maybe I'm sick or my mate's sick or my, my, my mate is dying or my grandma's dying or my this or this or this or whatever. And we say, God, I don't have the courage to face this. And all God's doing is going, have you asked for it? I'll give it to you. Look what he says. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God. He's specifically talking about wisdom. Anything that we ask that can benefit our life to glorify God, God will grant that. Some of you know this. I need peace about a situation. If you ask about it, in the first funeral that I ever did in my entire life, first funeral that I ever did in my entire life was before I was a full-time pastor. I was a licensed person. The reason that I got licensed and ordained is I, was, I married this couple. The first funeral that I ever did was for their one-day-old son. If you do not think that I did not ask God for A, wisdom, B, courage, and C, strength, you're out of your mind. God, I cannot do this on my own. Do you know what happened? I'm not saying that it was an illustrious five-point funeral and, 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 and it, was, it, was, it was great. It, it was okay. I didn't think I did an adequate job. And the family who were really, really, really close to us came up to us and said, we would never have asked anybody else because we knew that God would use you. This is not me. God used me. I couldn't do that. You know situations in your life that are like this too. And He will give it to you. Look at this. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask Him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. He goes on to verse 6. Be sure. But when you ask Him, be sure that your faith... Nope, back up. There you go. But that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. This is what we want to do. This is, this, I'm just going to put myself out there. This is what we like to do. Ready? God, I've been really good. And I'm going to need something. I'm going to need money. I'm going to need this. I'm going to need this. And we may ask Him. And nothing falls from heaven. Nothing is delivered in the mail randomly from an anonymous person. But this is what we do. We don't trust God enough and we seek it other ways. We do. And some of you are saying, well, Matt, you know, you may have to do something else about money. And my, my point is that we may depend only on other people and not trust God. See, God, God told Adam in the book of Genesis that work is okay. And I know some of you don't like that. Work is okay. Do work. Do a job to support your family. My wife is sitting right here. I have, I'm telling you right now that I have done specific work on purpose to get that money to walk over to her and say, go buy groceries. I've done it. It wasn't convenient. I didn't really like to do the job that I was doing, but I did. See, but God says this, I want you to trust me because this, do not waver. For a person with divided loyalty means you're not only just trusting God, it's as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Has anybody ever been out on Rin Lake? Just on a calm, bright, sunny day. Anybody ever been on Rin Lake? Okay. Anybody ever been on the ocean? Nice, pretty, beautiful. Okay, let me tell you about a time that I was on Rin Lake. We were chasing these little animals that fly called ducks. And we were in the middle. And if you've ever been in the middle of Rin Lake, you understand there are not a lot of trees to break the wind around Rin Lake. And there, there, a storm came up on Rin Lake in about 38.4 seconds. We didn't have a whole lot of time. 
All of a sudden, we realized it was that bad. We started getting our decoys, put them in the boat. By the time we got our last decoy in the boat, there were waves that I didn't even know were possible on Rin Lake. You know how water is tossed by the wind? It's just thrown. You ever seen footage on the news of a hurricane? It's just tossed. Good luck. Some of us spiritually in this morning's service can say this, I have been that wave in the sea, in the ocean, in the, in the lake. In the, I've, been, I've been, I know what it's like to be tossed. I know. You don't have any control. You're just blown. If you think your prayer request is too big, ask anyway. I've seen things. I'm only 35. I've seen things that would blow your mind. I've seen people do things. Volunteer themselves. Give of money. Do things that you wouldn't even begin to understand. If you remember me saying this before, I have, I have held a check for $486,000 in my hand. And because the people would not step out They lost out on that blessing. Because when she handed me that check, she said, if the people vote to build and the people choose to do what God wants, I'm going to pay for it. And they voted it down. Because they were comfortable. Because they were scared. Listen, God says when you come into these parts in your life where it's not easy and you're scared, this is what I'm going to teach you. This is when I can transform you. I have prayed for people to be cured of incurable diseases. I have prayed with people that have aneurysms that cannot be operated on. I have, ha- I have prayed with a little girl who couldn't find her favorite doll. God says, I want you to ask. It didn't matter if that person was facing death or it didn't matter if it was my daughter who had lost her doll and she couldn't find it. She said, I just want to ask God if He can let my doll be safe for the morning. Do you know that both people were scared out of their mind? God says, ask me. We don't want to. We just want to creep. God says, ask. If you're in the book of Matthew, we're going to be in the 19th chapter and we're going to be on verse 21. Now, a lot of you... You're, you're big-time Bible scholars. You know where we're already at. Jesus has just fed the 5,000, okay? By the way, Jesus not only feeds... Everybody talks about the 5,000. Later in Scripture, He also feeds 4,000 more in a completely different atmosphere. I think, I think this is why God, I believe that God has a sense of humor. Somebody says, oh, you fed 5,000. That was a fluke, so He just did it again. He's like, yeah, watch this. This is not a big deal. But we're at right after Jesus feeds the 5,000. And we're going to fast forward into the middle part of this story, but we're talking about fear. Some of you this morning are sitting in your seat and you're going this, God, I'm terrified, I'm scared to death, I have this coming on, and I have this coming up, and I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And sometimes inside your head, inside your brain, inside your heart, right now, you're saying, I am so scared. And maybe no one knows. God does. Look at verse 21. In verse 21, this is a really cool story, and we're talking about a really cool kid here. 
Some of you are like, how is, he, how is he cool? He's cool by today's standards. You know why? Two things. He's young and he's rich. Booyah. Young and rich? Some people would vote, oh yeah, I'd do that. Listen to this. Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. This story is about a rich young ruler. He comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, you're doing cool things, man. I want to follow you. So Jesus says, okay, I want you to go home. I want you to sell everything you have. I want you to give it to the poor. Then I want you to come follow me. I don't know very many people in this church right now that would do this physically. Verse 22 says that the young man walked away sad because he couldn't do it. Now, could is the big word in this. Could is the big word. The young man was searching. Have you ever searched for something that you should do? Have you ever searched God, what he wants from you? It's a very scary place to be. Sometimes you want to creep, God says run. You know what I'm talking about. Sometimes God says walk, and all we want to do is run. See, we want to get to the prize, and then we just want to stay there. See, you just want to beat level 8-4 in Mario 1 on Nintendo to get to the princess. You don't want to have to go through levels 8-1, 8-2, 8-3, 8-4, because you can't, you can't warp through those. If you're a Nintendo person, my people, you know what I'm talking about. You can't get to, you have to go through the stuff, the water, the fire. Jumping over something, then jumping under something, make sure you're doing the right order. You ask God what he wants, and then he answers you. You finally get the courage to ask God what he wants you to do, and then he answers like this. Okay, God, I want to do what you want me to do. Okay, cool. I need you to go home. Now, Take no look at the possessions and giving it to the poor. How about this? God says this morning like this. God, I want, you say, God, I want to do what I want in my life. And God says, I want you to change this. And you know exactly what he's talking about. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe you struggle like me. If you, one of your life issues, you struggle with anger. Oh, Matt, you're never angry. You always drink coffee. Listen, I can get angry. So can you. I'm a person. And I'm not mad. God wants you to give that stuff up. This whole entire book is all about God transforming your life into something completely different. Some of you want absolutely nothing but that right now. You saying, I've tried for a long time and it's not working. I've tried for a long time doing this on my own and it's not working. God wants to change you. But right after he says this in verse 22, it says the man went away very sad because he had a lot of possessions. He was very wealthy. He wouldn't give them up. Following Jesus at this point in his life was not a priority, number one. This lady right here in the green shirt is my wife. And there's been a time in my life where she took priority over God. Let me tell you how well that worked. It didn't. Nothing went well. God says he used to be number one. Number one, and that is so hard. You want to hear the coolest thing she's ever told me on, my wedding, on our wedding day? She says this, I love you, number two. It has to be that way. It has to be that way. It has to. But this is a cool story because we're, we are not told. We will not know probably this side of heaven. You can study all the theological stuff you want about this, but this young man goes away from Jesus on this day very, very sad. Not too far later in Scripture, in the book of Matthew, when Jesus is killed, he's crucified. There's a man that comes up to Jesus and says, hey, I have a stone grave you can use. It's Joseph of Arimathea, and he's a young guy, and guess what? 
He's loaded. No one else, no one else without money would have a stone grave. Can God transform? Yeah, it could be. Okay, this is a could. The time thing matches. It could be. But God can transform your life. Look at your worship handout. The next blank says, In order for us to follow Jesus, He calls us to get out of our comfort zone. We don't like this. We don't like this. We don't like this. Some of you are really, really going through your head and you're saying, man, I can build anything that I want to at home because I'm a master carpenter, but I'm not going to go talk to Matt after church because he's probably going to have some kind of project that's going to take a lot of time and maybe I'm not going to do it. Listen, I can probably do it. You don't want to see it after I do it, but I could probably do it. Some of you say, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. It's on a Saturday. It's on the, listen, okay, if you're busy, you're busy. We'll get it done. I'm not, I'm not giving you a guilt trip. Some of you are going, well, now it's a guilt trip. No, it's not. Quit. That's you judging me. That's a sin. <laughs> we have new teachers. Listen, we went from five groups to nine in connect groups. Five to nine. We doubled. We almost doubled. We have had more attention drawn to the transform book than we have people engaged in connect groups right now. We've sold more than go. Guess what? Scoot close to somebody at Connect Group. There may be somebody else coming through the door. Holy cow, I can't imagine. I can't wait to see what God does with this. But it gets us out of our comfort zones. Some of the people that were hosting the, hosting the Connect Group in their house, they were intimidated. Maybe the teachers were scared. When God asks us to get out of our comfort zones, oftentimes we just do this. We just go, no. And we just go on. When God says, man, you're missing the boat, dude. I have this because I want to teach you. Look at Matthew chapter 14. Did I say 19? I'm sorry if I did. We're going to Matthew chapter 14. Go ahead and put that on the screen. Matthew chapter 14, verse 27. We're going to buzz through these real quick. Look at this. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid. He said, take courage, I am here. Okay, first of all, time out. This is out of context. You don't know where he is. These guys are in the middle of a lake, a big, gigantic lake. It's a, it's a sea. Huge, big waves, big boat. And, and Jesus spoke, says, he said, don't be afraid. Okay, take courage. I'm here. They are scared. They are going to die. They're... Okay, so Jesus said, he spoke to them. He says, hey, I, want you to, I just want you to just chill out. Don't be scared. Now, in context, this, okay, cool, God is there for us. Well, what you don't realize is that Jesus is walking on water in the middle of the sea, through the storm, talking to these guys. And he says this, don't be afraid. Take courage. Look at verse 28. My man, Peter, first to speak. These guys are scared. You ever needed to hear Jesus say, don't be afraid, take courage, because your ship, you thought was just not getting shaken by the wind, but it was just going down? I remember coming home one day, and I had finally figured out that they had given me a final decision, and I was at a job, and they did not hire me back. And I was on a pretty low level. Like, God, I need work. I need something to, to do to help my family. And Mary gets on the phone. She says the words that you absolutely do not want to hear when you just lost a job in that, I'm pregnant. 
Oh boy. It was at that time in my life, I pulled over to the side of the road. It was still legal to talk on a cell phone back then. I pulled over to the side of the road. I hung up my phone. And I said, God, I need you to wrap your arms around me. I need to be strong for my family. Give me some work. I'll do anything. I will clean toilets. I will clean out porta potties. I do not care. I will do whatever you want me to do. And it's like I almost heard him say, I got this. Trust me. I was without a job for two days. I'm not saying that God, but I waited for two days. I assessed, hey, I need a job for two days. And in verse 28, Peter calls to him and says, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. This is complete proof that Peter was the original adrenaline junkie. <laughs> complete proof. There is not a, there, man, I'm telling you. Some of you have maybe have been out on a rin lake or you've been in water like this, and I'm telling you the last thing in your mind is going to get out in it. There's no way. You're not going to try to swim in something like that. But he says, hey, if it's you, tell me to come to you. I can walk out towards you. See, not, not to be outdone, Peter's the first one. Or maybe he's just the loudest. Hey! In verse 29, Jesus says this, Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went out over the side of the boat, and he walked on the water towards Jesus. There's two words in that sentence that make sense of why he did what he did. Toward Jesus. He made no mention of waves. There's not anything in what Peter said having to do with anything natural. No wind, no waves. He didn't care. It was going on. But he was walking towards Jesus. Look Look at verse 30. But then he saw the strong wind and the waves. Not towards Jesus. Now he took his eyes off. Sometimes God chooses as we walk towards Him. This is what God chose to do. See, He, he comforted Peter. Did He stop the storm? Mm-mm, not yet. He calmed His kid. Even though, the, even though the water is splashing all over everywhere, He calmed Peter. He said, yeah, just come towards me, buddy. Now, sometimes we see in other, in other instances in the New Testament, my favorite one is where Jesus... Jesus has control over nature, and he really, really messes with the disciples. He says, oh yeah, just be quiet. And the storm just... See, sometimes he calms the storm. Sometimes he calms his kid. Sometimes he calms you, and he calms me. He was terrified. Peter was terrified and began to sink. Save me! Isn't that the first words out of our mouth? Help. Save me. 31. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith. Why did you doubt me? even though Peter had taken his eyes off and did not do exactly what Jesus said, and he was going down in the water, who was there? Jesus. He reached down his hand, and he picked him up. Look at the last blank in your worship handout. God is waiting to transform your life. I know Some of you are absolutely sick of hearing transform. It doesn't matter. We're going to hear it for seven more weeks, okay? So transform. God is waiting to transform your life. Some of you have an addiction. Some of you have uh, just problems. Some of you say, man, I just need to change the way that I act at work. I need to be the employee that God wants. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Some, of you are, some of you are sitting there going, oh, I know an employee that I work with that needs to hear this. Because we can't say ourselves. 
God is waiting to transform our life. Some of us in this room have been a follower of Jesus Christ for a long time. Some of us a very short time. Some of us in this room may not be followers of Christ. God is waiting to transform your life. There's going to be three meetings on Monday, or two meetings on Sunday for college and youth, three meetings on Monday, one meeting on Tuesday, one meeting on Wednesday, and two on Thursday. Make some time. Go check out Connect Group. God is waiting to transform your life. Starting next Sunday, September 6th, for the next 50 days, we will do things like this. Some of this is going to scare you. Number one, we will attempt, because it's all based on what you do. I can't do it for you. You can't do it for me. Based on what we do, number one, we're going to seek to listen to God like we've never listened to Him before. God, God, is, God is going to use this study to take people to another level of their spiritual walk with Him. If we put in the work. We're going to listen to God like we've never listened to God. We're going to make time for God. Listen, this calls that you think, well, I can do this study. I like fill-in-the-blank stuff. Cool. I can do daily devotion. Listen, for some, for some of us, you're going to be having an encounter with God every day for 50 days, and it's going to change your life. God's Word will change your life. The very first daily devotion starts off with John 3.16. God loves you too much to leave you where you are. See, we think, oh, he loves us. Sweet, I need a Ferrari. No, that's not the way it works. No. He says, I gave my son to die for you. And even though, he's talking to me, he goes, Matt, even though you're a scumbag and you don't deserve anything, I still love you and I desire to transform you so you can reach people for me. It's not about me. While we are waiting on God to work in our lives, we're going to worship. I'm not giving any disclosure to what's happening next month. I can't wait for you to hear what Jack and the band, not because I'm a part of this, I can't wait for you to hear the lyrics in the songs next month. I can't wait to see how you're going to worship with those songs in a group of your family. I can't wait. I can't wait. But while we wait, we're going to worship. And that's hard. We keep doing things that He's called us to do. We honor Him with our time. We do not live scared. Oh boy. But I, but I am scared. I'm scared to get out of that boat. I don't like the comfort zone. Or I like my own little hula hoop comfort zone. We do not live scared. We will not let, let life intimidate us because we will rest completely on Jesus Christ. See, those are goals. Those are big goals. Those are lofty goals. If you attempt to do some of this in 50 days, you're not going to be the same person. Towards the end of this study, I'm going to ask just for anybody that, that wants to, to email me what God has specifically done anonymously. I mean, I'll, I'll make it anonymous. But email me what God has done in 50 days in your life. You know what I think we're going to see? I haven't done such and such in 50 days. I've read my Bible every day for 50 days. God has done stuff with my mate, with me. We have a better relationship than what we started with 50 days ago. I feel more connected to God. This is the things that we're going to hear because God is going to transform people. Get involved with the Connect Group. 
they don't start next week because of Labor Day, because we, we take those weeks off. But the, the tw- uh, 13th is when the youth and the college kids, so the 14th is a Monday. That week is when we start. I'm going to try to put them in the worship handout next month, or next week, so you can see, so you can kind of make plans. God is going to do great things at Connection. I just don't want you to miss it. We're a little bit early today. Oh, wow. Some of you are going, well, Matt's transformed already. We're getting out early. (laughs) Now I'm going to pray longer. I want us to do this. This is going to be a very, very intimate time. In a second, I'm going to ask you to bow your head. And this is not, you're not even going to listen to me. I want you to talk to God. I'm going to pray over you. That way my voice is amplified. And if you want to pray out loud to yourself because you don't, go, you don't do well praying in your head, you can pray to yourself. You don't have to worry about anybody around you. Listen, God is going to do big things in this, in this church, in your life. And I want to pray that we be ready to accept those things, accept those challenges and to go do what God wants us to do. If you would, wherever you are, if you're, if you're, I know we don't talk about this, but if you're sitting next to your significant other, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, you go just, just put your arm around them. Hold their hand. Listen, you're not going through this alone. Okay? Oh, I know. You know, lovey-dovey. It's okay. Get close. If you see me in an atmosphere with my wife, that I'm not up here and she's down there, every time, every time we are around a prayer together, I hold her hand. Why? Because I want her to know that I'm in this with her. Okay, so if you're, if you're a family or you're a host group or you're a new connect group leader or you're, just, or you're a person that's going to attend or going to start attending, this prayer is for you. So if we would just all bow your heads. If you want to talk to God on your own, you talk to God. Whenever I pray and whenever I'm done, we're dismissed. God, I just come before you this morning and I'm just blown away. I thank you for the sunshine. I thank you for the the time yesterday that I got to spend with some people giving of themselves for you. And although it wasn't pleasant, God, I want to tell you thank you for letting me wait in the hospital Friday. Because one of the relationships in my life got better because I had time to talk with that person about you. God, I am not where I need to be. I'm not where I'm going. These people in this room, God, the people that are involved in connection, the group leaders, the host families, the people that are here right now that can hear me, if they can hear me online, God, the people that we are gathering around every week, God, we ask you to do things in your son's name that you have never done with us before. We ask you to strengthen our relationship with you, with our mate, with our family, with our boss. God, that we may be known as a people that are not the same. We're different because we're yours. God, that we can seek in every aspect of our life to glorify you. That we can honor you. That we can move where you want us to go. And when you say move, may we ask for the courage that we need. God, I ask a blessing on these people. I ask a blessing on this study that we're going to start next week. God, it's just a study with words, but you're going to encounter us. I pray that we have to get 
five and six more connect groups. I pray that we're just busting at the seams on all of it, and I pray that we can't keep it inside what's going on on Sunday, that we just invite everybody that we work with that doesn't have a church home. God, that you choose to just use us. Use us, God. Use us. We thank you, God, for being good. I thank you, God, that like Peter, you had a time that you reached down and you saved me from drowning. You saved me, God. Allow me to show other people the love that I have for you. Allow these people to do the same. In your name we pray. Your holy, powerful, awesome name. Amen.